ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. Hi, I'm Sam Hawley, coming to you from Gadigal Land. This is ABC News Daily. How would you like to live in an apartment barely big enough to fit a double bed? Or a complex where you share a bathroom with six other units? Or how does a dorm for adults sound? Well, in cities like Tokyo, New York and London, it's not an uncommon way to live. So, as we grapple with the rental crisis here, how do we compare globally? Today, reporter Angelique Liu on whether conditions in Australia are really any better. Angelique, we know the rental situation in Australia right now is at crisis point, but you and a team of reporters wanted to find out what it's like elsewhere in the world if we're being hit the hardest or if other people are also suffering. Absolutely, because, you know, in this rental crisis, the number one thing you hear about from people is like, oh, I'm just going to move overseas where it's better. And so that kind of sparked the inspiration for this project. So we leveraged our correspondents all over the world, our correspondent in London, Nick Dole, Dave McMillan in New York and James Oaten in Tokyo and myself in Sydney. And we kind of gave ourselves a challenge to see if we could find an affordable place to live for 30% of the household income in that city, just as a control, because that's what's recommended for people Mm -hmm. as an acceptable, affordable expenditure on housing costs, especially if you're low income. For this task, I've been given 30% of the median London household income, a budget of £253 per week. That means I've got the smallest amount of money to spend in this challenge, about 420 Australian dollars a week, or 40,000 yen. I've been given 612 Australian dollars to find a place to live. Okay, so we're going to unpack this now. It's going to be quite interesting, I think. Let's start here in Sydney, though, because you were actually tasked with finding a rental property here in Sydney and you had that 30% metric to play with. You know what? I think I probably had the hardest city to do this in. So Sydney is the most expensive city to rent in Australia. It's followed by Canberra, Brisbane, Darwin, and then Melbourne, Mm -hmm. which I was surprised by. Melbourne's a bit further down the Mm -hmm. list. And the most affordable place to rent in Australia is Adelaide. And the budget that I was given is a household budget of $620 a week. That's a household income. So that means it's usually about two people. So I looked in Dulwich Hill. Okay, so you're going to love this one. It's a two-bedroom Art Deco apartment. It's on the top floor of just two apartments. It's got heaps of natural light. So I did find somewhere that was walkable distance to the train station. It had two bedrooms and a bathroom and access to a yard. And that was about $540 a week. Mm. But the bathroom, you know, it was, I think the real estate agent said it was an original bathroom. This one hasn't got a renovated bathroom, unfortunately. Um, So it is quite original. Uh, (laughs) I've seen these original bathrooms. I think I have one in the property I'm currently renting as well. Mm, It's (laughs) pink. Yeah, this one's a really, uh, I don't know how to describe the colour. It's like a pastel green, but, you know, very, very 70s, I think. So very original. All right. But Dulwich Hill, that's in the inner west of Sydney. So it's pretty central. That sounds pretty good. Yeah, it does sound pretty good. But 
the rental conditions in Australia are quite challenging. You know, leases from six to 12 months uh, are quite common. It's really rare to get long leases and so security is quite tough. Another thing to think about is also competition. You know, supply across Australia is at record, record lows. And so even when I was looking at this place in Dulwich Hill, Mm. there were probably about a dozen parties looking and that property was leased out immediately after inspection. Okay, so Angelique, now take me to New York City. Oh, it would be nice to be there right now, wouldn't it? Oh, it would be. It would be. Uh, So we sent Jade McMillan to New York and she had a budget of 612 Australian dollars a week. So she found a place in Greenwich Village in New York. Thank you very much for showing me this place. Yeah, no problem. So this is apartment 17. And And it was 14 square metres. So this is pretty much it. And it's quite challenging to visualise, but I just want you to imagine basically a double bed and that's basically the flat oh gosh yeah you know what's the most like outrageous thing so the bathroom was shared between six units oh my gosh and the reason i say six units is that you're not necessarily sharing with six people it could be couples as well so you could be sharing a bathroom and shower with up to 12 people So Jade had to go further afield to look for something a bit more spacious. This is kind of like an ordinary share house, except there's a total of 160 people living in this building split into four bedroom units. She found something, a shared living space in Brooklyn. Mm -hmm. There's a shared living area, kitchen and two bathrooms. The private space, the bed is quite high up and you, you know, you have to climb up a ladder to get into the bed and the couch is underneath. It's already furnished and the common areas are cleaned weekly. But you don't get to pick your housemates and you can't have anyone stay the night. This type of living has been nicknamed dorms for adults. And you know what the most outrageous thing is that was still over her budget. So basically she really can't afford anywhere decent in New York City on that budget. It's impossible. Absolutely. I think I've been misled by friends, you know, the TV show. (laughs) Oh, friends, yes. This doesn't sound quite like friends, but anyway. All right, so that all sounds a bit grim. So take me then to London. I wonder if it's any better there, actually. Well, you know, you're no stranger to the London rental market. Um, But uh, our current uh, London correspondent, Nick Dole, he was given a budget of 500 Australian dollars a week to spend on rent. 500 Australian dollars a week doesn't take you very far in London. Mm -mm. So he did find a place. It was in East London. Judging by the pictures, it does look a little bit rough around the edges, but I think I am going to have to sacrifice a bit to get something that's within budget. Right, come on in. Thank you. Uh, welcome to our three-bedroom property in East London. It was a short walk to the shops and public transport. So we have the living room. It comes with its own balcony. Nice and airy. Uh, but really, so the bathroom had no shower, oh. so it was just a bathtub. There was no mirror. Oh, Small but functional. Small but functional. Let's test it out, let's see. Uh, it does the job. It works. <laughs> the place wasn't totally painted. You know, obviously the real estate agent was very optimistic. It's like, you can make your place your own. And uh, I think there was no built-in wardrobe. So, you know, there was like paint missing. But, you know, it comes under budget at $415 a week. Gosh, good. <laughs> I'm glad it's under budget because it sounds like it should be. What's the other catch to it all? So... This property that Nick found is under something called guardianship. Mm -hmm. So the reason this place was so cheap at $415 a week 
is that it's scheduled to be redeveloped. So right. this building can be demolished at any point. He did find another place, though. It's at Heathrow Airport, which is a little bit out of London. So this is the master bedroom? This would be the master bedroom, yes. Um, there's a fitted wardrobe in in one of the each of the bedrooms. Nice. This one has an ensuite. Excellent. This one's got three bathrooms, actually. Three bathrooms? Because you need three bathrooms. You've got three <laughs> bedrooms. It was within budget at $515 a week. It's three bedrooms, three bathrooms, and the train line will take you into central London for in about a half an hour. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, that, that doesn't sound too bad. Pretty convenient if you want to pop on a plane back to Australia, I guess. Yeah, uh <laughs> absolutely. But look, there's always a catch with these sorts of things. So the reason that that property with their three bedrooms and three bathrooms is so cheap, it's part of a scheme called London Living Rent. You have to qualify for the scheme. And so you have to have a household income of less than £60,000 and it's incredibly competitive. So again, nothing's guaranteed. Yeah, right. So there's catches all over the place. All right. So London and New York City sound pretty tough. What about Tokyo? Tell me about that. So we sent James Oaten to Tokyo with more than 39 million people, Greater Tokyo is the most populous city in the world. It's notoriously packed and it's famously tiny apartments means renting here can give you little bang for buck. And, you know, Tokyo is quite notorious for having small and packed apartments, as you can imagine. And also he had a little bit of a harder time than us because incomes are a bit lower mm -hmm. compared to the other cities we've been to. So he had the lowest budget. He had a budget of 420 Australian dollars a week. He did find somewhere that was slightly above that price. It was 32 square metres, which mm -hmm. is double the size of what Jade found in Greenwich. Ready for this? Yeah, let's have a look. Here we are. Yeah, take off shoes in the front of the apartment because that's what you do in Japan. Yeah. Just keep them right there. And uh, first off, you'll notice... It's a little bit, well, cramped. It's small. But, it, you know, it's pretty small by Australian standards. It had a tiny bathroom, you know, one of those fancy Japanese toilets. Ah. And is this one of those fancy Japanese toilets? Yes, this one is. This is a wet room style bath, right? So you can get everything uh, wet in here and not have to worry about it. And it was in the heart of the action as well. He went out an hour's drive from the city centre and he found a two-bedroom place for about $383. So it's an hour's drive, so it's a little bit out of town. But what makes Tokyo unique is that it does have good public transport. So you can get into the city centre in half an hour. Now this is one of the best things about living in Tokyo. We're taking the special rapid train. It runs a few times an hour and only takes 25 minutes. Well, let's stay then, Angelique, on Tokyo because it sounds like James may have had a slightly easier run of it with trying to find a rental property than the correspondents in London and New York and within a smaller budget. So it sounds like they're doing something right in Tokyo. So Tokyo and Japan in general is quite unique because Tokyo actually doesn't have a housing shortage. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, this has been attributed to uh, the fact that Tokyo has a much simpler zoning laws than most other Australian cities. They have 12 zones. So homes and apartments can be built in all of the zones except one, which is the business right. zones. And there's also no laws about minimum sizes for apartments. So, you know, they can be as small as 15, 10, even 8 square metres, oh. which is very small, yeah. <laughs> Don't think I get all my clothes in there. No, not at all. <laughs> my gosh. Okay, so what prompted the change to their zoning laws? So there was a housing crisis in Tokyo early last century, 
And that prompted the Japanese government in 1968 to change zoning rules. And that completely changed the dynamic. So it means that the market is able to quickly adapt to demand. And so um, you're able to, you know, build more residential apartments in a lot of zones. I'm not sure how Australians would feel about those liberal zoning laws here. We've heard about the NIMBYs, not in my backyarders, who are really against any development in their local area. It might not go down so well here. No. And, you know, and you see that in the housing debates across the country. We've got the New South Wales Premier, Chris Minns. He's coming up on a platform of trying to overhaul housing density reforms and, you know, Dan Andrews in Victoria, he's talking about taking powers away from council. But of course, you know, when you're talking about zoning, you're talking about, you know, the the balance between public transport infrastructure, schooling, heritage, and also, of course, people are worried about the value of their properties. So a lot of people find the idea of, you know, lax development planning laws uh, quite controversial, unlikely to happen here in Australia. So... Tokyo doesn't have a problem with supply and it doesn't have a problem with the so-called NIMBYs uh, particularly. So does it win this global race, do you think, in the rental battle? You know what? I have to say, I think Australia comes out looking quite good. So overall, we're definitely going through a rental crisis here in Australia. But as we've seen, this is a problem that's happening all over the world. We should thank our lucky stars if we have a shower, by the sounds of it. Yes, I think so, I think so. Or maybe not impending threat of demolition, maybe? Angelique Liu is a reporter based in Sydney. If you want to know about the government's latest plan to try and fix the rental crisis, we covered that last Tuesday the 22nd, and that's in your feed. This episode was produced by Veronica App-App, Lara Corrigan, Sam Dunn and Anna John, who also did the mix. Our supervising producer is David Cody. I'm Sam Hawley. To get in touch with the team, please email us on abcnewsdaily at abc.net.au. Thanks for listening.